Mike Barilak here to talk to you. Flunk you, NPR. This is why I stopped listening to NPR. They're a BS organization. They claim that, uh, a while back, they claimed that uh, U.S. intelligence uh, denied uh, the existence uh, or the possibility that uh, um, the laptop belonged to uh, Hunty there. And then they, they had to retract that. This is why I stopped listening to NPR. For years, I thought NPR was a trusted, truthful news source. Well, the joke was on me, because they're not. Mike Perlek, thank you for your time. Both teams uh, here, the Yukon Huskies and also the LSU Tigers. Thank you. Uh, Twitter labeled National Public Radio as uh, a government-influenced uh, entity. Uh, putting NPR in the same category as uh, Russia Today or Chinese media, do you have a comment? Yes, yeah, so social media companies make their own independent decisions about content rules, so I won't comment on Twitter's rules, but what I will say uh, more broadly, I'll say uh, there's no doubt of the independence of NPR's journalists and uh, has been, if you've ever been on the receiving end of their, of their questions, uh, you know this. You know that they have their independence in journalism. NPR journalists work digitally uh, to hold public officials accountable and inform the American people. The hard-hitting, independence nature of their coverage speaks, uh, speaks for itself. And so I'll leave it there. Go ahead, Michael. About a week ago, uh, the governor of Idaho Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm Christian. Oh, that sounds a little wonky. Donald, does it sound wonky on you guys' end? Leave me a... Uh, hmm. Hold on here. Okay. Ma, I don't know. Mike... Sorry about that. Sorry, everything on my, on my computer says it sounds fine, but my headphone sounds wonky as hell. Leave me a comment below. Let me know how it sounds. That being said, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison. And Twitter rebrands NPR's account as government-funded media after backlash. Ooh, you love to see it. What is this backlash? Why did this happen? Also, Dozier? Anybody else see that? For like 24 hours, it was the Doge site. And now, Twitter is also basically non-existent because Elon Musk has officially merged it into a mysterious thing called x app we'll get into that as well too but let's focus on this right now and go from there this article is by ariel zilber april 10th 2023 and again twitter rebrands npr's account as government funded media after backlash which it absolutely twitter oops twitter has removed the u.s state affiliate media label from national public radio's account and has instead replaced it with government-funded media. Ooh. Ooh. Now, you may say, isn't U.S. state-affiliated media and government-funded media the same thing? No, it is not. Sure, one may say, well, you know, they, they seem to mean the same thing, and I get where you're coming from, because essentially they do, but to the layman who's not thinking super hard about it, think about it like this. Government affiliated. No, that probably means there's some government, you know, fact checking organization. And we're talking about the type of people who would not be alarmed by that system existing. Remember, it almost did, and it almost existed under a Harry Potter fangirl. I talked about this in depth. If you want to know more, I'll leave a link to this episode in the description below. But people overwhelmingly on the left are all for this. It was going to be a DHS department to fact check everything. So, 
people are okay with that. So I'm just saying, keep that in mind with the people who are okay with that kind of thing existing, right? Well, you know, government, you know, U.S. state affiliate probably just means the government, you know, is working to make sure they get the, the best information. And then you say government funded. And it's like, so wait, like the government pays them? Huh. You gotta, you gotta keep in mind, to, to a handful of people listening to this, it's like, what the fuck is the difference? What's the point? You're a politico. You're informed. You're in the know. You're up to date. You may not even see eye to eye me on a lot of topics, but me and you are a little bit more in the know than a lot of other people. So to the average Twitter person, this is like a, oh shit, government funded. The government's page going in there and they start thinking critically. They come to the realization, oh, the government doesn't make money. I mean, we're all paying for this. And if you don't like mainstream media, because a lot of people on the left and on the right who just don't like mainstream media, period. So you can get people on the left and the right even more worked up when they start thinking, wait, my money's going to fund this bullshit mainstream narrative machine? It's a subtle but useful tactic, and I do approve of it. Don't get me wrong, I'm not blind to Elon Musk's bullshit. I need him to talk about China and the world. Like, Well, actually, he did address the World Economic Forum pretty in-depth, but I need him to talk more about that China shit. The change was made after the social media site was widely criticized for giving NPR the designation. Defenders of NPR, shills as they are, who were angry over comparisons to other state-run outlets such as Russia Today and China's uh, Zhehua News Agency, noted last week that while the station does take some funding from the government, it has full editorial independence. But if you don't go with the government narrative, you might lose a little bit of that funding. The Post has sought comment from NPR, and I used to listen to NPR mainly because they used to have like a pretty good like country lineup, and they used to have a really good like jazz lineup. But now I just you know I can get all that stuff on my phone, and NPR gave us one of the worst things that come into the realm of music. What is this thing you're talking about? I, I might be talking about this creature here. This, this thing only exists because NPR gave it a platform. Now, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. But fuck Fantano and fuck Fantano Core. Oh, oh. Moving on. You know, that, that bringing us Anthony Fantano should have you labeled for fucking war crimes against humanity. But there's other reasons why you shouldn't like NPR. Twitter CEO Elon Musk tweeted last Wednesday that NPR met the site's definition of state-affiliated media as outlets, where the state's ex, uh, <clears throat> exercises control over editorial content through financial resources, direct or indirect political pressure, and or control over production and distribution there's a lot of media outlets that need to be labeled with this though to be completely fair not just npr but it is a fitting fucking label for npr john lansing npr's president and ceo issued a statement which read quote we were disturbed to see last night that twitter has labeled npr as state affiliate media hmm the description that per twitter's own guidelines does not apply to npr NPR and our member stations are supported by millions of listeners who are depend who depend on us for the independent fact-based journalism we provide. 
such as great factual-based news as the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. But NPR did go kind of quiet on that front, to be completely honest. NPR quiet on... Ah! Shut the fuck up! Twitter... <laughs> NPR quiet on Twitter files after calling Hunter Biden laptop a story a waste of time. Ah! Such factual reporting. <clears throat> God, this is killing me. Better do another Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> ah. <sighs> Let's see. Do-do, affiliate. Yeah. Member station. Depend on us for independent. Fact-based journalism we provide. Lansing said. NPR stands for freedom of speech and holding the powerful accountable. You promoted George Bush's wars about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, the WMDs that were never fucking found. NPR, you were just as guilty with as, with as much blood of the one million dead Iraqis on your hands as the New York Times is. Blood out to your ass, you fucking glow-in-the-dark NPR. <clears throat> we see here, government-funded media updated, or well, it started off right here as U.S. state-affiliated media too. Government-funded media. Why do you have this little, uh... Little, little uh, FBI-looking glowy guy here in your description, NPR? Wonky. Dave Gura, an NPR correspondent, posted a side-by-side comparison of Twitter's policy, which was apparently edited to remove mention of NPR as, media, as a media entity that has editorial independence. Yes, quote... Yesterday, Elon Musk's Twitter labeled NPR state-affiliated media. Even though that company's own policy stated the organization shouldn't be labeled as... Uh, yeah, what the fuck kind of argument is that? You can't label us as, as, as state media because we said we're not state media. Even though we said we receive a large chunk of our funding from the government. Um, buddy, he says you're state-funded you didn't have a problem with him calling you state affiliated. That was just people who were mad. Other people were mad for you. But now that he's called you state funded, you have an issue. There's this agency called Growing Hope. <laughs> they gave me so much shit when I was in high school because they came to my school and said, "Any question?" I was like, "Yeah. Why do you guys say you're not tax funded when you guys received, you know, large sums of large sums of money from the city?" Well, that's not the same. I'm like, "Oh yeah. Well, where does the city get its money from?" And they did not want to ask me. They, they refused to call on me, and I was asked to leave the class. This is probably like, fuck, it's, God, it's been over 10, maybe nine years? 10 years tops? <coughs> High school was a long time ago. But yeah, all these outlets and companies really don't want you to think about them as being paid out of your paycheck, especially if you don't listen to them, because a lot of people don't listen to these folks. By the way, remember how much financial turmoil Twitter got into once the Fed pulled out and Elon Musk was like, oh, look at how much government involvement was in when Jack Dorsey and uh, Pancake on a wall, I mean, Pajit Agarwal ran the site. Look how much government funding there was. And now there's no government funding. And Twitter is constantly, almost always in the negative. What do you think would happen to Facebook and these other social media companies if you turn their pockets inside out and saw how much government auditing and government financing auditing if you audited to see how much government finances go in to these social media platforms they would fucking collapse and I guarantee you NPR and a lot of these other tax funded news outlets like PBS would also collapse under all that kind of scrutiny as well 
because these are all ultimately extensions of Operation Mockingbird. And if you ever truly believe Bush Sr. really was telling the truth when he said Operation Mockingbird came to an end in like 92 or 93, you are delusional. You are fucking delusional. Operation Mockingbird never, never, ever, 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 ever ended. It just gets renamed. Sean Handy went from the CIA into news broadcasting. Anderson Cooper went from the CIA into CNN's newsroom. They're in both sides of it. You gotta just accept that as a fact. And please, if you have evidence to counterman that, please leave it in the conversation. I am all for having my views persuaded. Like, I, I, I'm not a pillar of factuality here. So if you have uh, evidence to say, well, you know, you're, you're wrong. These guys aren't closed because X, Y, and Z. Show me your evidence. I'm happy to have the conversation. But... NPR is a part of Operation Mockingbird, as far as I'm concerned. <coughs> so sorry. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Policy stated the organization shouldn't be labeled as such because it has editorial independence. Gora tweeted, hours later, Twitter removed the reference to NPR in the policy. Quote, it, it is unacceptable for Twitter to label us this way. <laughs> Twitter has now run afoul of another public major outlet, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Boys, Elon Musk is not down with that BBC. Which was labeled by Musk's site as government-funded media. Because it is. Yo, shout out to my Brits or anyone who knows what it means to have a fucking TV license. No, seriously, and a little fun fact here. I I could be completely mistaken about this. I'm not going to fact check myself. But the BBC in like the late 60s said they had this van right and they could drive around the neighborhood and they could spy into your house and tell if you had a tv license or not and it turned out that like this van never like 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 the van existed but didn't have any of this capability and it never could have and all i would do is just drive around and scare the shit out of people so if you were pirating or if you if you were receiving an illegal you know cable connection they use this I, this illusion, this mythology of this fucking BBC surveillance van as a way to try and make you pay for the TV license. Goofy. But BBC is absolutely government-funded media. Go fuck yourself. You're watching BBC News. I just wish these you know places were more accurate. You know, I wish cable... I wish CNN actually would give me news about cable networks. I wish Fox News would give me news about Foxes. For the love of God, why can't BBC give me news about... Quote, the BBC is and always has been independent. The BBC has always been independent, isn't it? We are funded by the British public through the licensing fee. Oh, so you're independent. Independently funded through the government, though. Where is the lie, though? Where is the lie, BBC? You seem to be government-funded media. I hate to tell you, or actually I love to tell you, there seems to be no fucking factual errors here. You even said it yourself. The BBC has has been independent. We are funded by the British public. Are they donating to you? Oh, so many of the public are just willingly donating to you? I'm sure. Out of the charity of their fucking heart. What's this? Through the licensing fee. Oh, you mean the government fee to watch TV that people have to pay for? So you're kind of government funded. Government can't make money, dipshit. 
So any money you received from the government or from the public was confiscated to the public against their will. Hate to break it to you, them the fucking facts. <clears throat> Let's see. The BBC has always been. The BBC said in a response to Twitter's designation on Monday, Musk later tweeted, and he uh, <clears throat> and he viewed the BBC as one of the least biased media outlets. I fucking disagree with that one. That's one of the heaviest biased. He also suggested Piers Morgan is such a fucking shill. He also suggested that he would seek to uh, to attach a label that more accurately describes the new service as a disservice. In the email to BBC, Musk wrote, quote, We're aiming for maximum transparency and accuracy. Linking to ownership and source of funds probably makes sense. I do think media organizations should be self-aware and not falsely claim the complete absence of bias, Musk wrote. Yeah, well, you seem awfully pro-China occasionally. Well, I mean, you have pushed back on China recently, so it may not be the most fair statement, but I need to see more of a harder stance against China. Quote, all organizations have bias, some obviously much more than others. I should note that I follow BBC News on Twitter. I think it is among the least biased government-funded media. Each British household is required by law to pay a $200 annual licensing fee. <sighs> These funds are then used to support the BBC News Service as well as its uh, <clears throat> assortment of radio and online programming. Musk has made, uh, have, has made combating media bias a key plank of his stewardship of Twitter whose previous management supported the sharing of the post reporting of Hunter Biden's laptop, who suppressed the sharing of the posts, New York Post, by the way, reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop in the weeks and months leading up to the 2020 presidential election. Let's go down here. Any comments? No comments. Alrighty, folks. This is an older article from December 7th of 2022, but since we ended the last article talking about the Hunter Biden story, let's get into this one. NBR Quiet on Twitter files after... F- after calling Hunter Biden's story, uh, laptop story, a waste of time. NPR's managing editor, editor called Hunter Biden laptop a pure distraction in 2020. That was by Nicholas Norman. Over at National Public Radio, NPR's own media reporter just wrote a lengthy piece explaining that the white supremacy they're so concerned about is coming from inside the house. Quote, NPR struggles to retain high-profile journalists of color. Hosts have complained to the network's leadership of pay disparities along racial and gender lines. Well, that sounds systemic and weird considering 99% of NPR's programming is about promoting equity. So what's going on here? Well, to investigate, we listened to many more hours of NPR. Here's part of what we heard. So diet culture is this overarching system of beliefs and values that's really endemic to Western culture at this point in history. Christy Harrison is an anti-diet registered dietitian with a master's in public health. (laughs) So there was an anti-diet dietitian. Then when we kept listening, we're introduced to a fitness expert who hates fitness. Listen. I was and still am in a lot of ways triggered by hearing the word fitness because even before you kind of get engrossed in fitness culture, you are inundated into diet culture and some of the toxic messages 
there is a growing movement to make fitness culture a more inclusive one. Ilya Parker is a leading voice in that effort. In fact, that was Ilya's voice you heard talking about how fitness is a trigger word. Ilya is a physical therapist assistant, a certified medical exercise specialist, and the owner of Decolonizing Fitness. So here we have a fat fitness constructor, and that's okay. Trying to figure out why is NPR collapsing exactly? I mean, it's kind of baffling, so we kept listening. Then we learned, according to NPR, that if you're gonna decolonize fitness, that means you can't let the doctor weigh you because scales are relics of colonialism and white supremacy. If you're going to your doctor, one thing is that you do not have to be weighed. It is your right to decline to be weighed. And so that you certainly can decline when you go. The other thing is to let your provider know that you would like medical care from a health at every size perspective and that you would not there is uh, want to discuss no such weight thing. management. What the fuck does that mean? Explain to me exactly what healthy at any size fucking means. And I'm, look, there's people who mean the world to me who will look me dead in the eyes and say... Not everyone is meant to be skinny. Some people are healthy overweight. Now look, there are outliers to every situation. And there are some people who perhaps, yes, you know, do belong, you know, a little bit above what the, uh, what, you know, would happen naturally. Sure, sure, absolutely. I'll give you that one. Why not? But on the other hand of that, you have to take into account that those are outliers. Now, a hundred years ago, women who were a little bit thicker, you know, and I mean thicker in more of like a fat way, not a, a thick with three C's and a make the brothers holla kind of way. But, you know, fatter chicks back in the day were good. It was very attractive. It meant this woman could have a lot of kids. She was from a wealthy family that could afford food. It was attractive. Skinny women were unattractive, and now it's kind of inverted where women who are skinnier are perceived as being able to take better care of their bodies, which on average they actually are. While heavier set women, you know, tend to just indulge. Like Lizzo and stuff. I mean, we have a society that promotes this bullshit idea of like, oh, you're 385 pounds and 5 foot 3? Girl, you healthy. Mmm. No. No, you're not. No, no. You are killing yourself every fucking day. And you look like Francis. You know Francis? Boogie2998? Yeah, you look like him. It's not attractive. It's not attractive. Now, there are women who are who do actually look quite attractive when they are heavy set. I'm not gonna lie. Like there are people who look good heavy set, but looking good while being heavy doesn't equate to being healthy. It just means you pull off an unhealthy lifestyle. A former uh nine when I know, but a functional coke head is still a fucking coke head. At your visit that you have the right to ask for that. <laughs> We should tell you that all these clips are, are from just one episode that aired last week. So now we know why all these people are leaving NPR. It's not racism, they're just embarrassed. But not us. We're no longer going to criticize NPR. We're fans. We're going to keep listening. Nothing like this has ever appeared on the airwaves anywhere. It's hilarious. Treat yourself. What a weird endorsement. Ooh. Moving on. Taxpayer-funded outlet NPR has remained silent online over recent revelations surrounding Twitter's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, a story which the nonprofit <laughs> really called a waste of time. On Friday night, Elon Musk and Substack journalist Matt Taibbi released the Twitter files. 
providing new details on how the social media company attempted to censor the story about then-presidential candidate Joe Biden's son in the weeks leading up to the 2020 election. While the story garnered massive interest in, uh, or sorry, online, NPR has not covered the new developments on the website and has not responded to Fox News' digital request to see whether the outlet plans to cover the story in the future. It is unclear if its mention of the story on air, although NPR posts many of its major radio segments on its website. What a big building paid for by the public. NPR's blackout on the Hunter Biden story appeal appears to fall in line with previous comments on the topic when it made the unusual move to boldly announce why it wouldn't cover the story. In October 2020, NPR public editor Kelly McBride responded to a listener who asked why NPR did not report on the scandal surrounding Hunter Biden, including business connections he made overseas the same month the New York Post had dropped its reporting. By the way, the same reporting on the Hunter Biden story, because the uh, New York Post said the Hunter Biden story was absolutely real, because they had reviewed the laptop themselves and had multiple independent experts coming in and look at it, too. They lost their high factuality rating, they were blacklisted, and, and they got attacked, hacked, all kinds of crazy shit. I've, you know... For certain reasons, people who know me know why. It's ironic that I, that the New York Post is one of my favorite outlets. I'm always baffled by the people who don't like... You know, I have gripes with uh, the New York Post here and there, too. But the absolute derision people give for the, for the New York Post... I, I always ask them why, and I never get a valid answer. You know, they give me some sort of, like, blue-pilled answer. And I'm like, okay, well, elaborate on why. And it's like, well, they said the laptop was real. And that's, like, the only thing I really get fed back to me. And it's just... I can push back on that super hard by being like, yeah, it is. Oh, you believe it? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Sources after sources, even CNN talking about it. You know, you just feed them all the all their left-wing outlets that ended up having to talk about MSNBC, so on and so forth. You know, they've all talked about it. NPR still doesn't talk about it very often if they do at all, but I don't follow NPR very closely at all. Um... <clears throat> Surrounding Hunter Biden's story, including business connections made overseas the same month, New York Post dropped his report on the Hunter Biden laptop, which was then suppressed by big tech giants Facebook and Twitter and dismissed as Russian disinformation by numerous outlets. McBride claimed there are many, many red flags in that New York Post investigation and intelligence officials have warned that, quote, Russia has been working overtime to keep the news, uh, to keep the story in the news. I'm sure it's Russia. Why haven't you uh, seen any stories on NPR about the New York Post Hunter Biden story? Read more at this week's newsletter. We don't want to waste our time on stories that that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listener and the reader's time on stories that are just pure distractions. Bold claim. She also included a quote from NPR managing editor uh, Terrence Samuel who took the outlet's position on this news story even further. Quote, We don't waste our time on news stories that are already that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste listeners' time and the readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. And quite frankly, that's where we needed that's where we ended up. This was a politically driven event, and we decided to treat it that way, Samuel said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like how Joe Rogan says, yeah, I don't want to have, I don't want to have uh, Donald Trump on my podcast because it could be politically, you know, it could be taken politically. Joe, you literally had Bernie Sanders on and endorsed Bernie Sanders twice while also mocking the concept of socialism. What the fuck are you talking about? 
I don't want to have Joe Rogan on. I don't have Donald Trump on because it might be politically motivated. You know, people might think I'm trying to endorse him. You've had on literally Tulsi Gabbard and all the other like left-wing politicians. You've had on cringe show before. You know, like just fuck off. Same vibe, you know. NPR's position on the story came around the time that director of national intelligence John Radcliffe said the Hunter laptop, quote, is not part of some Russian disinformation campaign. Just six months later, NPR issued a correction after initially reporting that the laptop was, quote, discredited by U.S. intelligence and independent investigations by news organizations. Uh huh. The updated version of the NPR story said, quote, numerous news organizations cast doubt on the credibility of the laptop story. However, the laptop has since been verified by several high profile news networks, including Political, New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, and CNN. Name one credible outlet that was just listed. Many of the same outlets did cover the news, did cover the Twitter files over that weekend, although often dismissively. Rolling Stones writer Adam Ralsey uh, yawned at Taibbi's Twitter thread findings, calling it anticlimactic and a snooze fest. He argued Musk had bored readers with old information. Cope harder, bitch. The Washington Post uh, waited until Sunday event uh, evening. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, to cover the Twitter files, which an article knocked as a dud that was billed as a bombshell. Hit hard, actually. Uh, left-wing NBC reporter Ben Collins said Taibbi work was unbelievably was unbelievable hack stuff on Friday evening. On Sunday, he shared his opinion piece declaring it, uh, it quote, the opposite of a scandal. Okay, co-parter. The major Sunday shows on ABC, NBC, and CBS, and CNN devote a total of seven seconds to the story, promoting Musk to sound off on the overwhelming silence, while NPR has written numerous pieces about Musk's management of Twitter in the last week. None of the stories centered on Twitter files or Hunter Biden. I told you didn't talk much about it. When the New York Post story on Hunter Biden broke in October 2020, many Major media companies, including CNN, MSNBC, and NPR, dismissed the story as Russian disinformation and unworthy of coverage. In April, NPR investigated correspondent Lauren Sullivan tweeted, quote, NPR, add NPR to the list of media who need to repent for their dismissal of the story. Newsroom editors called it not a real story. The Hunter Biden laptop investigation may end up being a tax case. A hill of beans or something else, but what it's always been is a story, he said. Not bad. Fox News' Christian Parks and Hannah Penrick contributed to this article. Let's look at the first three comments as custom. NPR and PBS should be 100% defunded. Agreed. The federal government has no constitutional right to be funding these organizations. NPR and PBS are... Uh, purveyors of purveyors of misinformation and should not receive one penny of taxpayer money and that's from Amburn and remarkable 674 said long overdue why am i forced to fund government sponsored pr groups like the dnc or for the dnc absolutely based you love to see it i'm gonna wrap this episode up get to recording the next ones and until next time i'll see you guys in the next episode deuce 
NPR recently published a list of ways to make a party more exciting. Number one on the list, turning off NPR. Find the answers you're looking for. Bye! There's magic and wonders and mystery.